This is The Upside, a talk and music show on a theme that is upbeat and offbeat. I'm your host, Jin Ferrara. Today, we're talking about agency, having the power and access to information and resources to live your life and contribute to your community. With me today is Jen Berger, the creator of At The Root, an initiative that develops art projects, events, and workshops with an emphasis on community engagement and social change. Much more than that, we're going to learn all about it. And here's a little more about Jen. Jen Berger is an interdisciplinary, socially engaged artist based in Burlington, Vermont. She uses painting, printmaking, multimedia, and performances for education and dialogue around social issues that affect us all. And I'm really excited to have her here today. Hello, Jen. Good morning, Jen. It is so good to have you here. Thanks for having me. You know, I think you're the first Jen I've had on the air. So now we have this Jen Jin thing that's going to be funny the yeah. whole time for me. And you're the G and I'm a J. Mm-hmm. You can't hear it, though. No, but now, listeners, you're going to hear it. Think about that a lot. It's going to be a fascinating part of our conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Actually, though, the thing I'm really interested in is the concept about the root is so cool. Thanks. I, how did you how did you start this? How did this develop? Oh, um, well, so I, um, in addition to things, I also teach college, so my life is always broken up into in my mind in semesters. Um, so I would say fall semester, right before fall semester, uh, I had the opportunity to be involved in a lot of projects. I was very excited. A lot of great opportunities. Um, one of them is I had the honor of hosting uh, one of the Gorilla Girls who came through town. Uh, I worked with uh, UVM to have uh, her talk at the Fleming Museum. And, and the Gorilla Girls, just like, those are the, uh, yeah. can you, like, they're, they're really important. So can you just totally. say who they are? Yeah. <laughs> so I've known about the Gorilla Girls for years. Um, they've been around since the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a group of uh, women who we're looking at uh, like I would I like to use the word intervention art, but also uh, like political performance, public space, and they would um, create visual art posters, but also do demonstrations in the street wearing gorilla masks. And what their main focus is was is um, highlighting the inequities of women in the art field. More than that is that it was a window into understanding inequities for women across the country, across the world. Um, so it's like there's a um, poster, it's an iconic poster with a woman kind of laid out in a traditional kind of um, painting, right, um, wearing a gorilla mask, and it talks about the, gives the statistics of how many women uh, painters there are shown in a museum and how many women uh, subjects there are. Mm. So that kind of gives us a sense of agency or lack of agency, right, yeah. that women have had uh, in the world of art. And so... Um, so uh, Afra, Ben, so they, they take on a name of a, a deceased woman artist and kind of keep them alive, right? And they have, this is the name they use in their work. So this, um, this performer uh, uses the name Afra Ben. Um, so she was able to come to Vermont and she did a talk at the Fleming Museum. And uh, she also, ho- I hosted her at my studio to do a workshop, uh, mostly with college students, which is really awesome, uh, to think through how do we do posters and messaging around political art. Mm. And it was kind of on multiple levels a dream come true. One, because I've been following them most of my adult life. And two, because that's the kind of workshops I do. So I was seeing how she did it. And there was a piece of me that was like, oh, these are kind of similar. Maybe I'm doing the right thing or something's <laughs> going well. Um, 
But I was thinking about, so that, that was in October, and I had a few other um, opportunities that fall. And I was talking to a friend last summer, and I was like, you know, I just feel like it would be great when they say who's hosting this person or this. I didn't want it to be my name. Right. I wanted I felt like there should be a project like it would be really cool if they said so and so is hosting whatever. And um, and she says, well, why don't you take the women's small business class or why don't you turn it into a business? And then we were like we kind of looked at each other like women's small business class. So I filled out an application. It's um, a program through Mercy Connections. Uh, and they're an organization that works with women. Uh, they're based in the South End. And women from all different economic backgrounds, they provide support for transition, um, getting out of prison, trying to get housing, trying to get jobs, uh, small businesses, the whole gamut. They're an amazing, amazing, amazing organization. Um, I So anyhow, I applied. I got accepted. I did the course last fall amongst everything else I was doing. Um, I kind of went in with the idea of I wanted to have a structure so that I could continue hosting and doing events like this. Um, It turned into something much bigger and shifted. And so, you know, halfway through, the name came through and kind of the idea for what At The Root is, could be, and maybe will continue to be came. And it's still evolving. Like it's still, it is is a living document, I guess is a way to say it. Um, But that's kind of how... The, the, like the origin of mm-hmm. of where this came from, and so you started this all this year. This is very new. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a, a official launch party on January twenty fifth, um, and so I had incorporated as an LLC, did the whole bank account, the whole thing. So yeah, it's just been four or five months. I've been really focusing on this. That's great. I love that you're sort of thinking about it with sort of a future for for this idea. Um, how were you, you said you referenced like some of the workshops you were doing. How are you previously mm. doing community engagement and social justice before this? Um, I have been, um, <laughs> it's a long, long background. Um, yeah, I, so yeah. pick the highlights, whatever you want. Um, well, I would say I've been doing different levels of community organizing for, so I moved to Vermont in 2001 from Chicago and I kind of got my toes wet there. Mm-hmm. So in varying degrees since before 2001, um, doing different different types of community organizing and various degrees of community organizing. And that kind of, as my art practice kind of started to take off a little bit, um, I started being able to bring those two together. Um, and so I kind of focused that on uh, in my education too. I went back to school later and finished my undergrad and my graduate degree. Um, so doing a lot of work around uh, using art as a medium for dialogue or for education, but really having um, the opportunity to get community engagement, whether it's through create, like actually touching the art or having your ideas become part of the art. Um, like I worked in elementary schools and in community projects and multiple age groups um, with kind of a focus on a question that would have an end result, but that the images and the ideas often would come from the participants. Um, so again, going back to the idea of agency. I love that. So um, you've addressed some really interesting topics already. Uh, let me, if I'm, if I'm, Please. correct me if I'm wrong. So you, I know you did um, an event about running for local office. You did an event about climate change. And um, you've done one about talking about race with your children. And I'm not sure about the other. Those are the, the three that I'm aware of. Um, really broad questions. Are these things that are of personal interest to you? Or are these things that you 
were hearing about as, as issues that were coming up? Um, just to clarify, the running for office actually got postponed oh. to November. Oh, yeah. Good timing. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, so I'm really excited. And okay. so I'll just, so that is a good intro into um, one of the uh, projects that's coming out of At the Root is something called the Over Dinner series, which I'm personally like really excited about. Um, and it's a series, so it's a once a month uh, educational event. Um, and the whole idea is that um, thinking about things that we think about, but maybe we don't have a chance to talk about, or we go to a meeting or a lecture and we leave with questions, right? And these are things that we're trying to wrap our head around, or we don't feel like we have a skill set. Um, and for me, somebody who, you know, one of my personal passions is food and events and service, and I've worked in restaurants for 10 plus years. And um, so for me, the idea of sitting down and having dinner with somebody, we've all had those experiences where you're at dinner with somebody and a conversation changes and you just go super deep and you go intimate and you kind of have those conversations. I, actually, two weeks ago, I went out to dinner uh, with a new friend and we were just chatting we were there for hours it was one of those like really nice n- nights and um but about halfway through the conversation I don't remember what we were talking about but I just started to- we're talking about gender mm-hmm. um and I started using language like gender non-conforming and women and mm-hmm. cis men and she just kind of looked at me mm-hmm. and she said you know can I ask you a question can you can we talk about pronouns for a sec and I said yeah let's talk about pronouns for a sec and um we ended up talking about the gender spectrum and the understanding of that for over an hour. And she didn't have, she'd been thinking about these things and really didn't have a place to talk about it. Mm. And so we, we both left with a clear understanding and more in depth and like a a special connection with each other. And so that is what I'm hoping the over dinner series will provide, right? Is those opportunities to have those conversations. So the first one is with early childhood educator, Emma Redden. Uh, She had just finished um, a book through her graduate program uh, that was um, basically how do we talk to kids, I'm sorry, with kids, mm-hmm. um, about race and about what that means and how do we think about it and how do we do it in a way that is supportive and honest and real. And so um, we had this conversation over dinner and there was about 10 people who came and set it up in my studio, so it was super elegant. and um, and. We just we talked for a couple hours, and Emma presented, and we talked, um, and so yeah, so that's the idea moving forward. Um, is that each month there will be somebody who's doing some kind of change making in the community who will come and talk, um, and kind of uh, I would say like present in a informal way, mm-hmm. but kind of share the kind of experience that they have, and then open it up to so not just a Q and A, but really for people to like talk with yeah. each other, talk with the presenter, talk, and just kind of like workshop ideas and work through things and have that kind of like semi-intimate experience. I really like that. I've, I've definitely been to events where there's a lot of information shared and the only chance you get to really process that is with your friend walking out the door mm-hmm. and maybe you have five minutes. Maybe if you share the car ride home, you get to like do it for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, but like there's a lot of, um, and then you need to go back to your life. So right. it's really easy to forget that stuff. Um, so having this conversation sounds like a really cool way to go, like you said, go deep. I love that, go deep. And also leave with some practical skills or ideas. Yeah, right, because you've got the expert in the room. And you get to think through things like, how can I apply this to me? Not just like, what does the book tell me to do? 
That's really cool. So were these collaborations first? Like, did you meet the person who had the skill set and knowledge, or did you have the idea and then? Um, it started with the idea, and then I started reaching out to people who I thought would be a good fit for this, um, or ideas, mm-hmm. both of those things. Um, so there's one coming up, where are we in May? In three weeks, two, in June 13th. Um, and it is with uh, folks from uh, Taking Taking Steps Vermont, um, which is part of the Vermont Ethics Network. And this focus will be on advanced directives. So who's your person? Uh, what's mm. your plan? Mm. Um, and I just, at first I thought, oh, this is great. And then as I started reading more about this, I thought, wow, this is really an important thing, talking about agency. Like there's so... F- few times in our lives that we, and with the unknown, like we just don't know. There's a lot of things that happen around illness and death and accidents. And so having that opportunity to really be proactive and know how to do that, um, I think gives us agency in lots of areas, but it really continues to provide areas where we have agency over our body and that we can show that it almost is a gift for our family and friends and those who will take care of us in those moments. So the more I kind of got into it, the more I am very much behind this. Um, so I'm kind of like plotting out throughout the year, uh, thinking about different things. There's one in July on collectivized economies. Collectivized uh, economies. Yeah. I don't even know what those two words together mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should come and have dinner. I'm totally excited <laughs> about that. That sounds really interesting. And that's great. So, And you're finding a lot of resources here in the community. And I'm hoping, yeah, and I would love if somebody's like, I love what I'm doing. I want to do this. Can I do collaborate? I would love for somebody to reach out to me and I plug, can plug them in. I'm putting together the whole calendar for the year right now. Awesome. <laughs> so this sounds like a great place to take a song break. Okay. And then we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about community engagement and other things. So uh, thank you all for being here. You're listening to The Upside. I'm talking with Jen Berger about At The Root. All right. So Jen... <laughs> Let's talk some more about art and okay. community engagement. You you referenced a little bit about some of the projects you've done. Um, what's the what's the connection there? You know, there's some folks who just make their own work mm-hmm. um, away from pe- like some people need solitude to create. Yeah, and you're doing these things that are very uh, creative out in the world with other people. What's that? What is that about for you? And what does that look like? Wow, that's a uh, let's see. Where do I start? That's a huge one. Um, I mean, I think as a, I think all those things are true. Um, I love having a studio practice, and I love holding up in my studio at times. I also love creating opportunities for other people to make art. Um, I also think that art. Um, I mean, I don't want to say that art does not have its place in where it's been, but for me personally. Um, I think having it in the world, right? When we see art, we think about, it makes us think, it makes us um, feel something. Um, we might have that conversation of why why you love that piece of art or why you hate that piece of art, right? But these are all things that are getting us going. And um, so having our art in, that, in the world, and so whether it's an individual piece or a collaborative piece or a group, like a community engagement piece, um, and I think that's important. I, I had already been kind of going along this road a little bit. I was really studying 
um, finishing up my undergrad studying the whole idea of community-based art and social change. So how do you create projects that have an engagement component to it with the intention of um, a question, a prompt or something about social change, social justice. And I mean, and that's literally always been the base of everything I have done. Like I just kind of how I naturally operate and I can't stop. I've tried. (laughs) Um, And so uh, like really intentionally thinking about um, how do you create these opportunities? Um, And, you know, my background also is an activist, community organizer, an educator, um, putting all these things together and using art as kind of that push. Um, When I was doing my first, I had this really interesting, it was kind of the, it was like a duh moment. Um, But when I was finishing, or as my first semester um, at Goddard, did my uh, MFA at Goddard, um, I was looking at the history of uh, political posters and the role of political posters. So the messaging, how they were put together, sometimes they were used covertly, right? There's a lot of really interesting things that came out of that. And so not sure exactly what I was going to be doing with that, ended up um, picking something I felt passionately about, which is um, biking and bike culture, um, and creating a large um, a large piece in my studio. I spent hours and hours working on this piece, uh, looking at um, like really researching uh, bike culture, bike safety at this time. So this was in 2010. Um, and so, you know, I was like looking at, you know, we have these now in Burlington, but we didn't have like the green box, um, the green boxes at the light where bikes could, bicyclists could stop at the light and have a spot that was safe, you know, like the, oh, the yeah, green yeah. marks, right? Yeah. Um, we, we didn't have those at the time. There was lots of other things that were other parts of the country, other cities in the country, New York, Portland, Oregon, um, had, um, in, had in their, their culture and their safety. And so I just started like researching all these different things, um, what it's like to bike, looking at some bike sculptures, um, and did kind of like a, it was a painting slash acrylic collage uh, piece. And it was big. And I was like, I felt really happy about it. I hung it up at school. And then one day I thought, wow, this is, there's some, like people could really, like this could be something that people could talk about. And this is something I think people should talk about. I know that people want to talk about I just didn't feel right to keep it in the studio. So I had a quote unquote art opening, um, but I really focused it on the bike community, not the art community. And like 25 people came. And so I started just introducing kind of what I just shared with you. But then I started going into detail about what was on there and then opened up a conversation for about an hour. And out of that came a coalition. It lasted for about a year, maybe two years. Um, it was a Burlington Bike Coalition, but it kind of formed out of that conversation. Oh, wow. And I was like, it kind of just really validated what I had already known and been studying. It was that duh moment where like, if you take art out of the studio and have people talk about it, something can happen. And so there's an action component. Um, and art has, we don't always think that art has the ability to make that kind of change. And I see it not, that was just an example from my own work, but I see this all over the place and people are intentionally doing this is actually this whole field of socially engaged community engagement and art social practice has really grown there's a language that wasn't there before where people are looking at creative practices uh, traditional art practices and using them in community engagement to actually have practical application and practical change um, so that's something that's actually been growing and understanding it's like this new genre that's kind mm. of bursted which i am so glad to see 
um, new ways of trying to enact social change um, in ways that are beneficial to the folks who are affected by whatever we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. When I was um, in Baltimore, Mm. my last couple of years there, I remember the Maryland Institute College of Art came out with a master's degree in community arts. And I was like, oh, okay, so it's an official thing, you know, because I was working in after school. So we were sort of, we were doing some of that stuff, but not with the sort of lens of art first, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is a really interesting way of looking at it. And like when you go back to the Gorilla Girls and what they are talking about, right, of like, I know... um, that we didn't say the word, but part of that piece is of, of what they're talking about of women as subjects, not artists, is like the idea of the male gaze, yes. which is like they for listeners, if you haven't heard about that, that's just the whole art school thing. It comes totally up Google all the time. That. Google yeah. it. It's, male it's, gaze. It's, it's just good to know. <laughs> just just good to have that lens, that understanding. Yeah. Just yeah. Google it for fun. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's very exciting. Um and and so this idea that really you're changing that's that's gone when you have a community art effort, right? Like, I mean, it's not one gaze, it's multiple perspectives that you're now looking at. And I mean, we've, I think thinking about the whole idea, like community is kind of this catchword now, right? But the idea of really like having a group of people, whatever, whatever forms that community for them, whatever their commonality is, but there's power in that, right? There's power in being able to address something together, to have somebody else's ideas, to know you're not alone, to have somebody who's got your back, to bounce ideas off of somebody who's going to bring you that extra cup of coffee or somebody who's going to like remind you that you can get through this rough morning and you're going to go do things. Like there's so much. And then like what comes out of that, you add on to things and you just have this bigger idea than what you would have on your own. So just that kind of power of using community to build something and then also like figuring out what the needs of the community are because you've got, it's not just your idea, but you're like, oh, like here's all these other other things too. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And so in your experience doing this, um, are you finding there are some things that always seem to be important ingredients or mm-hmm. that are always not good things to include in a community project? That is a really good question. Um, I think it's an evolving thought. I think when I think about, I mean, there's, when I think about projects that I've done as an artist and then how I'm thinking like at the root is doing them a little bit differently, but you know, within a container of what at the root is, um, you know, I'm always thinking about, like it's easier, I think with at the root for me, like as an artist, I'm always kind of questioning my role and am I like, what am I going into this as the artist and wanting to build something as an artist or am I going into this as an artist, as a facilitator to really create a, uh, you know, an opportunity, an experience for folks. And so, and also being really aware, trying to be really aware um, that I am not overstepping or understepping, giving enough structure, but also, you know, giving people enough space that they can really support their own ideas. And um, so those, those are things I'm questioning. Um, I think with At The Root, um, you know, for example, um, I one of the first things uh, that I... I did, um, which was super fun for me and the people who participated. Um, but I really wanted to have an experience where 
um, art, art making, uh, dialogue, really address something in the world. And so I put a call to, I wouldn't say a call to artists, it was just a call for submissions. It was anybody, whether you identified as an artist or not, um, to make a diorama. And like, who doesn't love a diorama, right? They're super fun. They're weird. You can do anything with them. They can be big, small, like we can feel like we're in second grade again, or we can feel like we're like an architect, right? And so the, the, the kind of specifications were make a diorama that addresses climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, what are the causes, the symptoms, the remedies? But it was really broad, right? Like the emotional impacts, like what are all the things that are, we're experiencing right now? And so depending on, and I think that's one of the, like any social issue, um, that's something we all have a different lens. I have friends who are like really science focused or really policy focused or people who are like, oh, you know, look at how our seasons have changed and our growing seasons are affected or mm. there's lots of things. So um, so I end up having nine total submissions and they ranged from one that was probably four feet by two feet to one that was like two inches by one inch. Oh, so really awesome. the gamut. And people yeah. address lots of different personal, political, social um, pieces of that. And for me, and some, you know, so part of it as an artist myself, I know that when I'm thinking about something and making a piece, I develop a more intimate relationship and um, like intellectual connection to whatever that topic is, which often changes how I interact with it. So I feel, again, going back to agency, that sense of agency of being able to maybe feel a little more empowered or closer to it to speak up for or against something that's important. And then, so there's that piece of it. Then there's the actual putting it together. And then there's the viewer. So you look at it and you consume this art um, and you think about it and it... Um, Right, and so whatever that is, and then we have conversation. We had I had two openings. Uh, one was at my studio, and then um, the show just came down yesterday. It was at the Radio Bean for a month, and there was an opening. And we just sat down for a while and talked about some of the themes and what they were, and end up having a really, really amazing conversation around food systems and the issues around food systems and how climate change is affecting that, and different economic backgrounds and what we can do and how is it different in Vermont and what we like it's not perfect here but we have a lot happening but what are the similarities and differences from other parts of the world so we just kind of Mm. really got into it right and so you're looking at all these different layers and then people left with some practical information right so to me that was exactly like from the creation moment to the inception to the show to the consuming of it to the like oh this is great we're all talking about this larger topic to going into the nitty-gritty and using it as an educational piece and a dialogue piece it really for me ran the gamut of all the things that I want art to be doing oh I love it yeah that's that's sounds wonderful and I got to I'm so glad I got to see the dioramas <laughs> you did. before they came down and um the the uh, peeps really stuck with me that was like <laughs> Like that's what you can do with a diorama, and so that, I like that there was a there's it's heavy stuff, but people also had uh, they were creative and I wouldn't say playful, but that you know you play as you make, totally. and I think that's a really um, powerful thing that sort of element of play and the elements of conversation that you have happening in these pieces. Um, what feedback are you getting from folks who are participating, and are you and, and also like? Both participating as, in that case, makers and mm-hmm. people who are participating as um, uh, art opening attendees and participants. Um, I would say from makers, uh, people were happy to have an opportunity to think about things. Um, I think for a lot of artists, having a prompt and thinking about 
you know, whether some artists have one discipline they go deep in and some have multiple, like how do you want to approach this topic? Having a prompt to do that is really exciting. So I heard a lot of people, you know, just hearing their process of making their piece, the thought process and also the materials and um, like was super fun to hear that. Um, and then people were loving like the idea of a diorama, like that's just a fun, a fun way to talk about things. And so, um, yeah, mostly it's been very positive and exciting. And I think um, my hope, you know, this is so we're what I'm in like month four or so of this project. Um, you know, at, looking at this, if this is something that could like if I could recreate this on a much larger scale. Right. And continue to grow. That's my hope is that all of these things that are starting off in this level now will have the opportunity to grow at much larger scales and have much more of an impact. But right now, it's really fun to see what's happening and to kind of get a sense of how to make that happen. Um, so as the project kind of is getting its legs and figuring out its next steps, um, but a very positive feedback. People are like really interested in the ideas and also kind of like trying to wrap their head around, like, what is this over dinner series? What is this thing? And, and they're like, oh, that totally makes sense, or that's totally great. And so just trying to really um, think about different ways of approaching the same things we've been talking about for a long time. I love it. Great. So John, uh, how has doing this changed you? How have you? You're, I know you're you're an adjunct professor. You're an artist on your you know in your own right. You're doing all these other things as well as this. Has this influenced your the rest of your life? Yeah, I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was like six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, it's widened my lens as an artist. Um, I have always kind of you know you're always looking at what other people have done and are doing um and I I I think really it's given me like I've done community engagement work um but there's I I mean my ideas are so huge I like it's right and so this is I feel like it's given me like the beginning of an opening towards being able to accomplish those bigger goals that as an individual artist, it was hard to support that a little bit, um, just saying, hey, I'm a studio artist. Um, and so having that connection, having um, that connection to looking at, and I think for me, like I went into this creating a business um, and really realized for me, because m- how I really understand it to be is having its own life in the world in some way that it's really a project right and it's a project that connect with other projects it's a project that both hopefully instills and creates collaboration um, which is really hard for artists to collaborate it is so hard for artists to collaborate like there's so many barriers Mm. to for artists to collaborate and so if i can i actually like so the next at some point uh, as I get through this next phase of what I'm working on right now, um, we'll be developing workshops and classes. And one of them I had developed a while ago, and I'll be able to actually have it come to fruition, uh, you know, is a series of classes to, that is for artists and it teaches collaboration skills, right, with an end product of something that is self-determined by the group. So, um, yeah, so I think it's, you know, 
for me, I'm both like I get a lot excited as an educator, but as I just get excitement out of facilitating ideas and seeing how people can come up with things and like hearing what's going on in people's minds. I had this class when I taught at Burlington College. We kind of similarly came up with all these ideas, and it was just beautiful to see what happened. I always learned so much from people, um, but as you know, as an artist myself, uh, thinking about how these things, how to approach these things in the creative process. So. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping to, that's my plan is to move forward in that direction. I love the idea of teaching collaboration skills. I think as an art school survivor, that's, um, <laughs> it's really not encouraged. There's this idea that you sort of have to be, you have to go out and achieve your glory solo, mm-hmm. and otherwise it's not really your work if you're working with someone else. Yeah, exactly, and your ideas, and it's very, it can be very competitive, mm-hmm. And I, as I've gotten older, I think that there's something to be said for healthy competition versus unhealthy competition. Um, but I think those things that keep us motivated, which I think competition can be part of that, um, can also go into a collaborative effort. And we just don't understand those things until we have an experience. I love it. So um, for our listeners, yeah. thinking about things like community engagement and collaboration, do you have any thoughts um, or suggestions of something someone could do just right now, mm. like listening today? I think when I think about community engagement or people coming together in community, so much of that is about listening to each other and mm-hmm. sharing ideas and bringing, the, like, kind of melding those ideas. To, melding's not the right word, but um, just kind of having them share space together. So I think um, just listening to people, like, honestly listening to people and thinking about what you hear. Um, if there's something that seems different to you or you're not sure, or if you're uncomfortable, like just mm. listen, you don't have to do anything different. You could just have to listen. You can process that for weeks, right? Like, and think about it for weeks, but that person will have a chance to have the agency to talk about things that are, and you get to hear it and then figure out what that is. So really listening to people, um, can create community just as a very small step. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Cause there's all, it's not. It is doing. It's actually doing something very difficult for people, uh, but it it doesn't feel like you're doing something when you're told like, "What should I do now?" Listen, is usually <laughs> not on the list. But that's a really powerful idea. It's one of those things that's so easy. Like I was um, at a yoga class on Sunday, and the teacher was just admitting how she also sometimes forgets to breathe. And we have to remember to breathe. And so she just, it was really a strong theme mm. throughout the class. And so I was constantly checking in, am I breathing? Am I breathing? Like, how am I breathing? And so I think breathing, listening, these things that come innately, right? Like, we can do these things. We just need reminders that these exist in our ability to do these on a day-to-day and moment-to-moment. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, that seems like a great place to, to leave everyone. Um, how can folks find out more? Perfect. Um, so At The Root has a Facebook page, which I try to post events to um, semi-regularly. Uh, there's an Instagram uh, account, At The Root. Um, I have a mailing list, and I'm about to send out my first big newsletter. Uh, so you can go to attherootvt.com and go to um, uh, Get In Touch uh, page and sign up on the mailing list. Um, or you can just send me an email at therootvt at gmail.com to find out more. Awesome. Jen, it's been so great having you here today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Jen. And thanks for the great music. Oh, yeah. This has been a great day. (laughs) 
The Upside is produced by me and Spindle and Widget LLC and is recorded live at the Media Factory in the south end of Burlington, Vermont at 99.3 FM WBTVLP, found online at 993wbtv.org. For more information, check out my Facebook page, The Upside BT. Past shows can be heard on mixcloud.com slash theupsidebt, and podcasts of interviews can be found at The Upside BT on iTunes. Thanks for listening.